Hey, want y'all turn up a little bit? As men, we worry about so much, right? But we gotta cast our fears, cast everything up to the Lord, right? Right? So we can't worry about nothing, you heard? Yay! Hey! Uh. Means we have no control over. But I'm here today to tell you, you ain't gotta worry about nothing. You did? Uh. You ain't gotta worry about nothing. 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 He sees it. He sees it all. You ain't gotta worry about nothing. Yeah. 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 You ain't gotta worry about You ain't gotta worry about nothing. You ain't gotta worry about nothing. Do we gotta worry about nothing? Do we gotta worry about nothing? He sees it, he sees it out. Do we gotta worry about nothing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we gotta worry about Listen, you ain't gotta worry about a thing, no. Look to the most high, things seem low. You spend the most time looking for a hero, but he was right there. Let me show you what I mean, no. Young in the street, stuck to the G code. But I chose him to start to chug the kilos. I ain't never gotta worry about a CO, cause I'm tracks, he made me a beast now. The point I'm trying to make is you ain't gotta worry about it, just have faith. Whatever you going through, you're gonna make it. It's kinda funny, just watch, it's never late. Keep praying for change, coming slow. But he'll never need you all alone. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34 is that he has enough trouble, love his soul. Part of some scriptures so you can confirm Believing this world and enemies getting nervous The him in this kingdom will show you your purpose It's not easy but I promise it's worth it I know how I feel when you get in the skirt We praying and praying don't see nothing Just know that he hurts you for certain He loves you I promise he's trust You ain't gotta worry about none Hey, you ain't gotta worry about none Hey, you ain't gotta worry about none Ah, you ain't gotta worry about none He sees it all, he sees it all You ain't gotta worry about none Yeah, yeah yeah, you ain't gotta worry about, you ain't gotta worry about none. 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 He sees it, he sees it out. You ain't gotta worry about none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't gotta worry about none. See, you worry about what tomorrow brings, but you ain't finished with today first. If it wasn't for God's grace and mercy, then we would be a bit nay hurt. And that's real talk, I'm only spitting facts. But the truth for some man, it may hurt. So I thank God for that 24, just like a play for the. The enemy's black and blessed slash and Wrestle man, yeah, they try to tattoo That's why I tell you to pray just for that reason Cause it's awesome now because you should see I know how I feel when the devil misleads The life that you live and you feel has no meaning And the mission just don't know it's hard to believe Especially when you wishing you could see him Hold up, he's right there watching you But what up on your shoulder, so lost spot in you Hitting the rap scene and showing what not to do So rubbing your really shit, I'll be an obstacle The problem is you ain't sick and got optional Playing what we want, so I'm in the hospital Lord knows we got a lot to do I see God in you, and I promise you You ain't gotta worry about nothing Hey, you ain't gotta worry about none. Uh, you ain't gotta worry about none. You ain't gotta worry about none. He sees it, he sees it out. You ain't gotta worry about none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't gotta worry about. You ain't gotta worry about none. 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 He sees it, he sees it out. You ain't gotta worry about none. Yeah, yeah. You ain't gotta worry about you ain't gotta worry about nothing. Say it. Say it. You ain't gotta worry about nothing. Say it. Hey, you ain't gotta worry about nothing. Say it. Hey, you ain't gotta worry about nothing. Say it. Hey, Amen. We ain't gotta worry about nothing. Hey. I do have some other things that I would like to share with you that I think um, are really gonna be tools for you um, for situations just understanding who we are as men how we're made up so we just learned that we are made men and uh, made in the image of God uh, which is really cool uh, the word image in Latin is a major day uh, that means with the very essence of God uh, that's what we were made of the, the, the God said that he couldn't just make us after something other others kind he made the plants after its kind like Thornton was talking about the trees after its kind the, the animals after its kind, but man was made after God's kind. Amen. Amen. That's how awesome it is that God took time to form man. I mean, he was, he was, in, he was active in creating us, guys. He just didn't speak us into existence. This is why you got to understand that you are created, guys. Macroevolution has nothing to do with creating. Nothing to do with creating. God took the time to create us, and he created us to have uh, a masculine heart. So this session here that I want to talk to you guys about is um, 
This one is going to be called Alpha Male. It's going to be called Alpha Male. And um, now, I know typically when you see the term Alpha Male, you think of a, of a lion or you think of a wolf, uh, the, the guys that actually take over. They, they lead the pack. Um, alpha Males are generally uh, the one that you have to challenge in order for you to qualify for leadership, right? He's the alpha male. So what I want to do, guys, I want to take this term that society has misused and abused, and I want to talk about us being Christian alpha males. Amen. Now, what better man can teach us how to be alpha than alpha? Amen. Didn't he say, I am alpha? And so to understand what kind of alpha we should be, we got to understand alpha. Amen. And so this one is going to be one where we understand some critical things about our lives. Um, understand that we got that, that spirit to battle inside of us. We got a spirit to fight inside of us. And when a guy loses that spirit to fight, man, you just lose all your manhood. You give up. You, you become a recluse. You close up. You get depressed. Let me, let me tell you something. One of those times when I was in that dark space was when I was let go from a job. And I, had a, I was let go during 2008 when everything hit. I was at the bank, man, and all of a sudden I came in. They let the whole group go. Man, it, is, it took me a minute to find another job. Now, I'm a type of guy where I like to bring home the money, Amen. right? I like to work. But when I first met my wife, my wife is much older than I am, so she was further along in her career, so she always made more money than I did. I didn't have a problem with that at all. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with guys that can't date women or they don't like their wives making more money. I don't understand that. Praise the Lord. It's going to one pot. All the bills are going to be paid from one pot. So I don't even know what the complaint is. What's wrong with you? Applaud that woman. Every day. Right? So when we first got married, man, we've been married going on 25 years. When we first got married, she made more money. Now, I make more money. It ain't no big deal. It still goes to the same pot. Amen. But when I lost that job, guys, man, it did something to me. And I had a problem, man. Did nobody want to hire at that time, man? And, and it was just like, wow. So what happened was I got my sense of identity tied to my job, and I had to get delivered. I had to get delivered from that. Because my identity of who I am as a man in my house has nothing to do with me having a job. I was still just as powerful as a man without a job as I was with one. Come on, guys. I'm trying to help you here. Th this is what messed me up, right? Because I tied my worth and my value to work. You are not what you do. People come to me all the time. They find out we've got a church, young church. They come in here. They profit this. They apostle this. And they, I'm that and the other, all kinds of titles. And the first thing they want to tell me is, I believe the Lord sent me here. And this is what happens next. They tell me about everything they do. And guess what I do? I don't even listen. I've just tuned out because I can care less what you do. What I want to know is, who are you? I don't care about your title. Are you consistent? Do you even go to church? Who's your pastor? Who are you submitted under? Have you ever been submitted? No, no. Until you're ready to answer those questions, don't tell me something about no title. Amen, somebody. No, no, no. W tell me who you are because, guys, I don't care what you do. I just want to know who you are. To me, that's the basis of every great relationship. That it's not based on what you do. It's based on, man, I love you, bro. You're my boy. Right? So we, we can do some things because what you do can change. If you build a relationship with somebody else based on what they do and then that changes, is the relationship going to change? 
Or are you looking at the relationship like you think they can do something for you? So let me do this, guys, and let's just jumpstart this thing with another scene. Let's hit that light. You guys see that scene? See, there's two distinctions there. Even though Commodus was the emperor, he was a beta male. Maximus was an alpha. Maximus was a slave. Notice how he said slave. He wanted to take him back to where he came from. See, he wanted Maximus to identify as a slave. That's how the enemy does. He wants to take you back where you came from so that you can identify with your pain. You identify with everything that you went through in your life. Somebody disrespected you at one point in your life. That, that's who you are. No, that's not who you are. Right? So he said, what is your name? He said, don't worry about that. That don't matter. I'm gladiator. <laughs> right? But then he did something that you should never do. You don't ever turn your back on the emperor. But that goes to show you Maximus knew who he was. Therefore, bruh, you don't, even, you don't even know who I am. Right? People might disrespect you because they don't know who you really are. So when he said who he was, you see that brother's Commodus face? Because Commodus tried to have him killed. If you watch the whole, how many of you watch this movie? That's my favorite movie, ain't lying. Commodus tried to have this brother killed. So when he took that, that helmet off and turned around, that joker's heart dropped in his feet because it's like, how in the world are you here? I thought I got rid of you, Alpha. How in the world are you here, Jesus? We thought you hung on a cross. What are you doing here? <laughs> are you here with me, guys? So I, I love to, do, to put scenes out here like this because men are so visual. Right. And we can we can visualize things. Right. We see we can see now you're going to watch that movie in a different light. Right. If you watch the movie, the bear, you gonna be like, man, I remember we watched this over there at that gathering, man. Watch this, baby. Watch this. Watch this. <laughs> Check this out. The whole movie, the bear is a great movie, by the way. There are absolutely no words in the whole movie. There are no words in the whole movie. But I thought it was so it was so many scenes I could have pulled out of that. I just grabbed that one. Right. Because what I started seeing is myself. I'm like, man, boy, ain't that me. <laughs> because the bear actually. Well, I don't want Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. His mother died when a, I think it was a tree limb fell on her when he was smaller. So he didn't he grew up without his mother. That big alpha bear. First turned his back on him because that was not his seed. Right. But notice how the alpha bear came and said, you know what? I'm not going to allow you to kill this one right here. I'm going to protect him now. That's what this young generation needs, guys. We're going to have to be the alpha bear to this younger generation and say, you know what? I got you. I know things been biting at you. I know something's trying to kill you. I know things been chasing you down in your life, but I want you to know I got your back. But that's how Jesus does us, right? He has our backs, guys. And when we take a stand, he said, after doing all to stand, stand therefore with your loins skirt about with truth. At some point, you do have to take a stand, right? Because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for, if you stand, how does it go? If you stand for any, if you stand, you'll fall for everything. Yeah, there you go. Praise the Lord. I knew there's some way that thing came out, right? <laughs> Now I sound like you now, man. I ain't lying. Exodus chapter 15, verse 3 says this, guys. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. The Bible calls him the Lord of hosts. The word hosts is armies. Jesus is the Lord of armies. He is not to be played with. Jesus was never a beta. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 13, he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus is the epitome of a Christian alpha male. No beta male could have handled the rejection that Jesus had to endure. 
No beta male could have endured a cat of oh nine tails that Jesus had to endure being strapped on his back. No beta male could have tolerated a crown of thorns or survived the beatings that Jesus had to survive in the praetorium where he was beaten severely by 70 men or more. So that part is not portrayed in the Passion of the Christ. But they beat him so severely, uh, Isaiah says, when Isaiah was prophesying about him, said his visage was marred more than any man. So in other words, the Passion of the Christ was already rated R. They couldn't really show what Jesus really looked like. He was beaten so severely that you, you, his face didn't even look like a man. Uh, guys, this is what Jesus endured for us. That's Alpha. And Alpha says, not my will, but your will be done. God, I know this is tough what I got to go through right now. I know this cup is heavy. I know the burden that you placed upon me is a burden of the Lord. But God, I need your help right now. Not my will, but your will be done, God. At that moment, you say, I'm alpha. I might not understand everything that, that God is doing. I might not have all the answers that God wants me to have right now, but I'm going to stand anyway, and I'm going to keep keeping the course that God has me on. Somebody say, that's alpha. Somebody say, that's a man thing. That's a man thing. You are alphas, guys. Let me, let me share this slide here with you. Don't be afraid to remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, and fight for your homes. Now, you telling me that the Bible does not advocate for us to be fighters? Ain't no way. When Nehemiah came at this particular time in the text, Jerusalem had been destroyed. And the first thing that Nehemiah said is, we got to build the wall. We got to make sure that this place is fortified. Why? Without walls, there's no protection. Even in America, without walls, there's no protection. So we had, Nehemiah said, we got to build a wall. But this is what he did. He was smart because he was using the wisdom of God. Every man, wherever his house was, he was responsible for building the wall near his home. Amen. Why? Because you take a greater responsibility when it's near your own house. Guys, you have to be a man of God to build walls around your house. You can't let everything come into your house. You can't click on everything on the Internet. You can't watch everything on social media. You're going to have to guard your house. Pornography is like a, it's, a, it's an insect. It's a parasite. It will drain your marriage because it will drain you. It will get into your heart and you can't even help yourself and you want to click on the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. And before long, man, your heart is driven by an image and not driven by your woman. And the enemy just pull your heart and now you're more concerned about an image and you don't even know how to engage your own woman. Pavlov's law. Ring the bell, feed the dog. Ring the bell, feed the dog. Every time that dog hears that bell, I'm hungry. Every time you look at that image, that's what you're hungry for. But then when you see the real image, it, you don't even like that anymore. You want what's not real. That's what it does. Porn would drain you guys. See, I can talk about it because I was in it. It'll suck the life out of you. Guys. And listen, I'm, I, this, this is the kind of person I am. I just assume that people in the church are dealing with it. I don't assume that you're not. If you're not, that's great. But if you are, I'm willing to talk about it. Because if you are, then you can look at me and identify and say, Dag, he, he struggled with it too. I did for years. Years. And it pulled my heart away from my woman because she didn't look like the image. Guys, don't make your wife an image. I'm telling you, when you look at those images too long, it'll pull your heart. Am I talking to the right guys today? We got to fight, guys. And he put a trial in one hand, and he put a sword in the other. 
a trial in one hand and a sword in the other hand. The trial was used for building. The sword was used for battling. And as men, as Christian alphas, God has called us to build and to battle. You build your woman. You hear me, guys? You build her up. You do that. Nobody should ever tell your wife she's more beautiful than you. Amen. Somebody. That, come on now. Somebody say, come on now. I got to jump because of time, but I want to get into something, guys. Will you go somewhere with me in the, in the Word of God? Go to Genesis chapter 38. Genesis 38. I want to read something because I, I want you to get this. Say that with me. I am a mighty man of valor. Sometimes you're going to have to repeat that to yourself, that I am a mighty man of valor. Genesis 38. Uh, I'm going to read 6 to 10. Uh, I can't read the whole text, but I think you'll get the general idea of the text, uh, what I'm going to pull out. So this is Judah um, and Tamar. So let me read verse 6. 38, 6 says, Then Judah took a wife for Ur. Ur was Judah's son, his firstborn son, as a matter of fact. And the wife's name was Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord killed him. And Judah said to Onan, go into your brother's wife, because that's what they did back then, guys. You don't do this today. That's nasty. Don't be doing that. Don't even go there. That's your sister. Go into your brother's wife and marry her. And raise up an heir to your brother because it was important that if a woman did not have an heir, if she didn't have a seed, if she didn't have a son, she would become property of the family. And a lot of times she did not get taken care of very well. Judah knew this. So Judah was trying to help her <coughs> by doing this so that she can get a seed. Does that make sense, guys? Okay. Verse 9. But Ornan knew that the heir would not be his. And it came to pass when he went in to his brother's wife, went into her. We're talking about penetration. We're talking about going into her house, right? That he admitted on the ground, lest he should give an heir to his brother. And the thing which he did displeased the Lord. Therefore, he killed him also. All right, come up, fellas. So let me be very blunt about what took place here. Onan was on assignment. God said, I want you to go. I want you to marry Tamar, but I want you to have sex with her so that she can conceive from your seed. When the time came, the Bible says, Ornan pulled out of her and spilled his seed on the ground. And God killed him for that. Ornan was not there for stimulation. He was there for impartation. Are you hearing me here? He was not there just for sex. He was there for a seed. And sometimes, guys, we want to be stimulated or stimulate people rather than impart something to them. Pastors are guilty of that. We want to stimulate. We want to motivate. I don't care how soft the message is. I want to stimulate your emotions. I want you to be fired up. Don't matter if I'm telling the truth or not. I just want you to be stimulated. But for all of that stimulation, they might leave the church and they're not pregnant with anything. My job is not to stimulate you even today, but it is my job to impart something to you. Because when you get a heavenly seed, that thing begins to grow inside of you, and you might be driving down the street, and bam, something connects with your spirit, and you go, man, yes, that's what I need to do. Why? Because I'm giving you my word, and when I give you my word, I give you my spirit. Jesus said that the words that I speak, they are spirit, and they are life. So when I give you of my word, I'm giving you of my spirit. 
Why? This is the spirit I spent praying, fasting over each and every one of you to be here so that I can get something downloaded into my heart that I can give to you because this has nothing to do with John's Lofton's flesh. This has everything to do with the Holy Ghost and me connected with him so that I can connect with your spirit. Amen. So here, here is the thing, guys, that I want to get to very quickly here. As a mighty man of valor, we have got to stop pulling out. We have got to stop pulling out of our marriages simply because it gets tough. Amen. Who told you that marriage is going to be easy? Amen. No, ain't nothing easy about marriage. You got two people that think two different things going to bring them together as one. <laughs> and then you think everything's just going to be hunky-dory because you see somebody else's marriage on the surface and you don't think they even argue. You better not look at me and my wife's marriage on the surface and think we don't fuss. We, fu we fussed last night. <laughs> You're going to fuss. If you ain't fussing, you ain't talking. Amen. 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 Oh, yeah, we fuss. We fuss for real. And, it, and it, the church folks here, they know if you come to my house, we're going to fuss in front of you. We ain't going to go in the bedroom and hide. Oh, no, you're going to hear us fuss right there in front of you. Why? Because that's my house. You don't like us fussing? Get out of my house. I'll pay the mortgage in there. I can't believe passing his wife fussing. Get out. Come back tomorrow. We might not be fussing tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. Right? But after 25 years, we fuss, and then we forgive, and we go on. We don't hold grudges with one another. Amen? And all of it stems from lack of communication. Bottom line, there's always a lack of communication. So, guys, I want to share this with you, that we, we got to stop pulling out of things pulling out of our churches. Guys, we got we to gotta make sure that when we go into a church, there's a reason why you are there. We got to stop pulling out, guys, from relationships with other men. Let me just pause here for a second. It is vitally important here that you build peripheral relationships with other men. All of us. Pastors need other men just like you do. One of the things that helped me when I first got saved is I had another man to look me in my eyes and said that I was worth something, and it wasn't my daddy. My daddy never told me I was worth anything. Matter of fact, I was almost 40 before I ever heard my daddy said he loved me. I was almost 40 years old, and when he said it, I almost fell because I, I had been wanting to hear that from this man all my life. And he was right there in the house with me all of my life, but he never said he loved me. He never said he believed in me. He never said that I had value and worth in my life. All of us are suffering some wounds from our fathers. Your father can be in the house and not even be there. I don't even know what's worse, that you never knew your father or your father was there and you never knew him. It's still a wound, guys. And for years, years, I blame my daddy for stuff in my life. And when I got delivered, it was one of those moments, man, I, it's just like I heard an audible voice from God. And this is what he said to me. He said, John, your daddy gave you what he could. He gave you the best he knew. And then he said this to me that I had no idea about because my heart was ready to receive it. He said, your daddy didn't know his daddy. Now, I, I didn't know that until I asked him. So here I am putting all this stuff on my daddy. And my daddy wasn't even responsible. Guys, 
If you don't hear anything, a person can only give you what they have. My daddy gave me all he had. And I had to forgive him. So when I became an alpha, was the day I forgave my daddy. Because then, as a beta, I couldn't blame him anymore. Because my cop-out was, well, my daddy didn't tell me this. That was a beta male. I was a beta. But when I got delivered and became an alpha, I took that responsibility away from my daddy, and I took responsibility for myself. And then I said, if I'd never seen a father, I could be one. So I took the challenge, and I became an alpha father to my girls so that they can learn what a man is really like. My youngest daughter, we still date. Why? Because I had to teach her what a man was. Guys, a woman get a sense of femininity from her father. Your wife might be a broken woman because of the wounds of her father, Right? John Elder said this in his book, Wild at Heart. He said, there, there are three things that a man desires in his heart. A battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. A woman, guys, wants to be rescued. A woman, even as a little girl, and I watch my little girl grow up. I know, I know Evan, you see this because you're raising your daughter by yourself. Man, I admire you. One thing that daughters would do for their daddies, they would twirl in dresses. They would get in front of you. Daddy, look, look, daddy, look. You know what she wants? She wants you to validate her. She wants to know, am I pretty? Am I beautiful to you, daddy? And if a woman don't get that, guys, there's a wound inside of her. Then she wants to get validated by every Tom and Harry. A battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. Guys, we're supposed to be willing to fight our battles, right? Nehemiah says, fight, guys. Fight for your women. One thing that I know about our ladies, guys, they want to know that you're willing to fight for them. I had to lay down the line with my sister, with my, with my wife, because I... Here I go again. I don't even know why I'm sharing this stuff. <laughs> I was the worst kid in my family. Yeah, you were. Oh. <laughs> don't be touching me. I'm going to put Zion on you. I was. I was the worst kid. I was the one that went out that did all the drugs and all that stuff. I was the one that my mama prayed for the most because I was, I was, I was way out there, guys. Womanizer, just, just crazy. But I'm the only preacher now. Amen. God does have a sense of humor. But my sister and I were closer than, than me and my brothers, so she was very protective of me. So when, I, when Elaine came home, I never brought a woman home. Never brought a woman to meet my parents. Never. Because I had too many of them. <laughs> Just telling you the truth. None of them were worth me taking home. Because I looked at women as toys. I'm telling you, I was screwed up in the head, guys. They were my play toys. So I'm not going to take a play toy home to meet my parents. Even though they thought they rated. In my mind, you don't rate that. No, I ain't going to marry you, so you're not going to go meet my parents. So when Elaine came, my love, my dove, my undefiled, my everything. When she came and I told him that me and Elaine were engaged, my sister disrespected Elaine and said, huh, my brother ain't going to marry you. He ain't the marriage material. I said, oh, we're going to get married. You don't have to be there. But we're going to get married. I said, this is it. She's the one. 
I had never been married before, but I knew, guys, that when I did it, I was going both feet. I wasn't going to halfway do it, right? Now, I was not saved, but I knew living together was wrong. I wasn't saved. I didn't know anything about being a Christian, but I had a moral compass. And morally, I knew I shouldn't be getting anything from this woman that I'm not married to. Why? Because I was used to getting whatever I wanted. And I had to change my life. Right? Sometimes, guys, you might have to teach people in your family to, to respect you and your woman. But one thing my wife saw was I defended her in front of my family. Because in my mind, I said, nary one of y'all can come to the wedding. I told it to my mom and my daddy. I said, you don't have to come to the wedding, but we're getting married. Why? A man leaves his mother and father. Keep your mama and your daddy out of your marriage. And the women going to know this too. You don't be running to daddy. Daddy ain't running your marriage. No, no, we're going to deal with this thing right here, right now. Right? A battle to fight and adventure to live. Listen, guys, be adventurous. Go do something you've never done before. I've never been whitewater rafting before. My wife is trying to get me to go, so we're going to find a place. I've never been skiing before. I've never been on skis. No, he's talking about going down a mountain. I'm talking about skiing. Right on, I'm talking about putting on some skis. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. I don't see too many black people doing that, so I figured I'm going to be the only black joke on that mountain. <laughs> right? So what do we do? We got a friend of ours that live in Denver, and so we're going to Denver. Uh, and so we're going to go ski. I just want to do it. I like zip lining. Anybody like zip lining? I love zip lining, right? When my wife first told me, I said, are you crazy? I ain't doing that. But I forgot. I'm an alpha. Right? So here's, here's me, guys. I ain't going to let my wife do something I'm not going to do punking me out oh no I ain't gonna be sitting down there watching my wife up there on the zip line and somebody walk up and say why aren't you up there you better shut up <laughs> so guess what I love zip lining one of the biggest zip lines we were on was in Cabo San Lucas we zip lined from one mountain to the next over 1600 feet we were so high we can see the Pacific Ocean man it was just like we were in heaven because once you commit, you, you just, <laughs> look, <laughs> once you push off, you, you look here, bro, you, by faith. <laughs> so you just hanging in there. <laughs> but it was so exhilarating, right, when you do it, and it's like, wow, man, that made me come alive, right? I was afraid of horses for years. Because horses intimidated me. Muscular, big things. So I was afraid of horses, so I learned how to ride. So every time, if we go on vacation where we can horseback ride, we, 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 we grab some horses, man, and we horseback ride. We went horseback riding in Cabo and in um, Putacana. Right? One of the things, guys, when I'm talking about adventure, almost five years ago today, um, I was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of cancer. Now, it caught me off guard because I'm the kind of guy I like to work out. At the time, I was, I was preparing for um, uh, do a half marathon. I, I ran. So I was pretty fit, right? I didn't eat bad. I ate what I wanted, but I didn't eat bad, right? So I figured I'm, I'm good. Health-wise, I was always good. Physically, I was usually always good. Then I went to the doctor, man, and, and my PSA was elevated. I went back. They did a biopsy. And, man, when that doctor said that I had cancer, man, it was like I got deflated. It's like whew, all the life just went out of me. And I went, can you say that again? Because it's like I was in a dream. If you've ever heard words like this from a doctor, guys, it, it's almost like it's not real. Or if you've been there with a spouse or a loved one, 
it's almost as if, is this, is this a dream? Is this, wait a minute, you know, you didn't say cold sore, right? You said cancer. Because doctors are cold. They can care less about your feeling. They just going to throw it out there. You know, especially mine was very aggressive. So he said, if you don't get something done, you, you know, this thing can take you out. I'm sitting there like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just, I just came in for a physical. Just a few months ago, now you're telling me, potentially, I can die in a couple of months. Man, something inside of me, first, the fear kicked in, Michael, that you're talking about. Because then... And it wasn't fearful of me dying. It was fearful that my babies were going to be all right. How was my wife going to handle this if I left? And then after that, I thought about, okay, do we have everything set up in the church that if I left, they can keep going? Right. So those are the kind of things that I, I was fearful about. I shouldn't have been, but I, I was. I'm just being honest with you guys. But then I had to call a man to get me back on track. Tell you guys, you need another man in your life. This particular man is in heaven now. That's my wife's father because my dad, I couldn't, like I told you, our relationship is still kind of weird. But my wife's father was my daddy man of God he told me one day that I was going to be a pastor and I almost cussed him out <laughs> I, I ain't lying because at that time I was too busy in the drink and I uh, pastor what I ain't pastor nothing daddy you crazy I ain't pastoring you see I'm, I'm still struggling he said the Lord told me you're gonna pastor but he got to see me be a pastor before he died so I had to call him, guys, and say, Daddy, I have cancer. And he's a old country joker. He said, boy, cancer don't have you. Amen. He said, let me pray for you. Man, he prayed for me, and there's something in me just lit up that I got a man in my life that's got my back. And man... I went through everything I had to go through, the procedures and the radiation. I had to move away from my family to Atlanta for seven weeks. But man, let me tell you something. I had a sense of adventure in me. And I would get radiated every day, Monday through Friday. But this is what I told the devil. I said, you're not going to stop me from preaching. I have an adventure to live. I'm on this journey. So I would get radiation Friday morning, get in my car, drive to Charlotte Friday afternoon, spend time with my family Friday and Saturday, and I would be in the pulpit every Sunday morning preaching. They had no idea how weak I was because I didn't show it. But I would get up in this pulpit and preach every Sunday, get back in my car Sunday night and drive back to Atlanta. I did that for seven weeks while I went through radiation. Why? I got an adventure to live. Right? I can stand before you today and say I'm absolutely cancer free. Right? Guys, one time I was on that table, and, and when you get cancer or any kind of de uh, debilitating anything, you just lose your sense of... Um, Shame. I had dropped my drawers so much in front of women, I just didn't care anymore. I ain't lying. Them nurse, nurses don't care. So when I got ready, I had to drop my pants, get up on that machine. You just hanging out. I got to a point at 9 o'clock. I had to get my, I told my wife this. At 9 o'clock, I would go in. As soon as I go in, I dropped my pants. I had got to a point I didn't care. I mean, I just dropped my drawers, get up up there. That thing circles around me and put that radiation in me. So when I finish all that at 9 o'clock every day, I felt like I needed to drop my drawers. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? There's something wrong with me. I think I'm dysfunctional. I told my wife, she said, what's wrong with you? I said, it's 9 o'clock. 
She said, what? I said, I just feel like I got to drop my drawers. You know? She said, boy, you are crazy. Go on, drop them. <laughs> so one time I was on that table, and I, this thought came to me, and the thought was, I haven't traveled many places. Right? We had a little money in the bank. Wasn't a whole lot of money, but we had a little money in the bank. But I thought to myself, there's a lot of places that I want to go, and I haven't been. I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, if this thing don't go right for me, I'm okay with that. I'll be with you. I said, but if it does go right, I promise to live in adventure. I called my wife that night, and I said, baby, when this thing is over, we're going to travel. And we made a pact that we're going to travel at least two places a year. And we've been doing that ever since. Man, we have been all over. Why? you got an adventure to live, guys. Don't get stuck in where you are. Go visit places. We just got back from Barcelona just before Christmas, getting ready to go to Calgary um, in a few months. Man, we've been to Putacana. We've been to Cabo San Lucas. We've been to Italy. We've been to Ireland. Man, just places that we're going to go to Iceland, just places that I've always dreamed about. Man, go. Live that adventure. You never know when you might have to sit behind a doctor's desk and he tells you something. And then you think, I wish I had of. You got an adventure to live, guys. You got an adventure to live. Max, I'm going to show this last little clip for them, and then we're going to pray, guys. I had so much more to share with you, but my time got away from me, guys, so please forgive me for that. But I, hopefully you got enough to where um, you would want to come back to the next one Amen. and bring some more brothers with you, Amen. right? But we do have an adventure to live, right? Check this out. <laughs> Brother said, where are we going? <laughs> the fellowship of the rings. Notice it was nine of them. Nine gifts of the spirit, nine fruit of the spirit. They were going on an adventure. Right? But one thing that I want to pull out of this, guys, before I close in prayer is being an alpha male has nothing to do with your size. Did you see that? Notice the ring had to go back to hell. You can't destroy the, wing, the, the ring with carnal weapons because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. So you can only destroy evil by sending it back where evil came from. Amen. So they had to take that evil ring back to the pits of hell, right? But check it out. It was nine guys going on an adventure. Amen. So, did you catch that? Right? And if you watch all of the movies, you know they had to face all kinds of obstacles, right? To get that evilness back where it came from. Even Frodo himself was almost succumbed to the evil. This is the same battle we fight every day, guys. But here, here's, here is the message that I want you guys to see. Frodo was never by himself. There were always men that had his back. We got to be able to get each other's backs to say that you're not in this fight by yourself. Yeah, you're going to have to fight evil because it's all around us every day. But man, if you know you got some brothers that's praying for you, that's standing with you, you can make it. You can make it in your marriage. You can make it even if you're single. Then you have some examples of brothers that are married, and we can teach you. We can bring you up. We can tell you what marriage is and isn't. We can tell you that she wants to be rescued. And even after you get married, she still wants to be rescued. And every time you don't tell her that you love her, she puts up a brick. Every time you don't tell her she's beautiful, she puts up another brick. Every time you don't tell her that she's valued, she puts up another brick. And before long, she's in the tower. And it's going to be much harder for you to rescue her when she gets in that tower. 
nobody should tell your woman she's beautiful or valued or appreciated more than you. First thing in the morning, right, Sam? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can't even go to work. But, uh, <laughs> amen. So, guys, it's critical because you're going to be judged more severely on how you treat your wife more so than how you treat other people. Right? And God is really watching that. So that's why the enemy will come and try to attack you through your woman. Same way he did with Eve. Right? Or your children. Something that's close to you. So I, I leave you with this, guys. Again, um, my heart is just, I'm so elated that we had such a great group of men today. And, and I value each and every one of you. To me, all of you are mighty men of valor. All of you have special gifts and talents and anointings and callings that the Father has already given you. He's already blessed you. Now you're going to have to get out of the boat and start doing things. Start that business. Start that ministry. Start that class. Work on getting that promotion, guys. Do what you got to do to get there. Right, Brian? Brian had to, he went, he pursued those degrees, and now he's, he's doing a job that he absolutely loves. And same thing with you, man, Antonio. You got that degree now. You just, you just, you love what you're doing. Praise the Lord. Making a difference in the lives of, of young people. So guys, and many more of you are doing those kind of things. Jeff, I see what you're doing there in Greenville, you know. Now you're getting ready to pursue another master's degree. Guys, don't let anything stop you from going forward. Live that adventure. Have fun, guys. Don't be some old boring, stuck-up joker. Go and have fun. Go dance with your wife. Me and my wife, we took dance lessons. Learn how to, because I couldn't two-step. So we took dance lessons, ballroom dancing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Man, we had a blast. Right? We met other great couples. Go do something different, guys. Go skiing. Go ziplining. Ski on water or ski on ice. One or the other, man. Just live that adventure, guys. Amen, somebody? Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079 or on the web c3churchnc.org or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org